Welcome to the latest episode of British History, Royals, Rebels, and Romantics, the podcast for people who understand that history shows us what's possible for us in our lives today. I'm Carol Ann Lloyd, your host and tour guide as we travel back in time. We're shaking up history to look at the stories that don't always make the history books, to consider famous and infamous characters in new and interesting ways, and to look for all the things that we share even when we're living in different times and places. I hope you enjoy this journey through the royals, rebels, and romantics of Britain. Now, let's explore history together. Hello and welcome to our final time-traveling episode where we will be strolling through Stratford with Shakespeare. Before we get started, though, as it is November of 2020, I wanted to pause for just a minute. Here in the United States, we have Thanksgiving coming up, and it seemed like the perfect time for me to thank so many of you for giving my little podcast a try and listening and rating it and sharing it. I appreciate that so much, and I am so grateful in particular for your comments and your responses, and I would just encourage you to keep doing that. I thank you, thank you, thank you for that. I hope you have a wonderful holiday and that everyone is safe and healthy and looking forward to a wonderful season and then a really terrific new year here in a couple of months. But not yet, because today we are not looking forward, but backward as we travel back in time. Now, if you are a Shakespeare lover, or you are mildly interested in the greatest writer in the English language, okay, my bias just showed, or if you want to understand what all the fuss is about, or even if you're just looking for a beautiful medieval market town to visit on a day trip for London, Stratford-upon-Avon is definitely the place to be. Yeah, see what I did there? So let's take an imaginary trip to see the birthplace, Anne Hathaway's cottage, farmland, Tudor school rooms, Dr. Hall's house and medicinal garden, Tudor streets, Holy Trinity Church, a world-class theater, and swans on the river. In other words, let's go strolling through Stratford with Shakespeare. I've always done Stratford as a day trip out of London. One of these years, I'm definitely going to arrange things so I can spend a night or two there. But for today, we'll be taking a day trip. You can get from London to Stratford by train or bus or drive. I personally always take the train. takes about two hours. I leave Marlebone early in the morning to arrive in Stratford just as things are getting ready to open up. As you get off the train at the Stratford station, you can wander through the city seeing the Town Square, Henley Street, High Street, and more on your way toward the River Avon and the Visitor Information Center. You get maps and buy tickets there, and the guides can help you plan your day. I'm going to take you through just some of the highlights and the wonders of Stratford by following the map. Of course, you could easily plan a different day as the town is walkable. To begin, you might want to explore the River Avon a bit. You can cross at Clopton Bridge, the main bridge over the river. 
Did you know that Hugh Clopton, who was responsible for building the bridge and building New Place, had a connection with the gunpowder plot? More than a hundred years after Hugh's death, second cousin Ambrose Rockford was found guilty of involvement with the plot and executed along with Guy Fox. Along the river, you'll find the world-famous Royal Shakespeare Company, dedicated to that world-famous playwright I mentioned earlier. The RSC typically welcomes more than a million visitors a year, including 500,000 school children through the extraordinary efforts of their education team. The RSC is the only theater company with its own armory right on site. They produce the breastplates, gauntlets, and all kinds of weapons for used in productions and education activities. The RSC runs three theaters, the Royal Shakespeare Theater and the Swan Theater, which share a building next to the river, and the other place, which is a short walk away. The Royal Shakespeare Theater is the main theater. It holds more than a thousand patrons for each performance. The current facility, which was extensively renovated between 2007 and 2010, maintains some of those Art Deco features of the 1932 Shakespeare Memorial Theater originally built on the site. The Swan Theater opened in 1986 as a smaller and more intimate theater, featuring a deep thrust stage and holding only about half as many people. The other place is a gathering spot for theater fans and families. It offers tours and talks with directors and actors, a place to rent costumes, free live music and spoken word events, and drop-in family activities. Of course, right now during the pandemic, all these spots are closed and struggling to stay afloat. Anything you can do to help would be greatly appreciated. Learn more about performances, programs, events, memberships, and ways to support at rsc.org.uk, which I'll have at the top of the show notes. Continue your walk along the river and you'll come to Holy Trinity Church. It's a beautiful location and a welcome respite if you're having a busy day. A church on the banks of the River Avon is first mentioned in the town charter of 845. This was likely a wooden structure, which was then replaced by a stone structure. The current structure was built in 1210 in the shape of a cross. The church holds many treasures for visitors, including the Thomas Beckett Chapel, dedicated in 1331, the Clopton Chapel with a tomb created for our friend Hugh that is empty because he ended up being buried in London, the crossing, which is the oldest part of the church, the altar, which features a medieval stone slab, misericords, which were tip seats so priests could lean a little on a ledge and have a bit of a rest when they weren't allowed to sit down, a King James Bible published in 1611 that is chained in place to prevent it being stolen, and so much more. And then, of course, there's Shakespeare. This is the church where Shakespeare's family worshipped. He was baptized here on the 26th of April, 1564, which means he was probably born around the 23rd of April, a day that's been unofficially adopted as his birthday. It's likely he worshipped here with his family as a child and a young man, and that he returned to this church when he, retri- when he retired to Stratford after his life in London. And, of course, Shakespeare is buried here. He was buried on the 25th of April, 1616, after his death on April 23rd. Hmm, that date again. During his wife Anne's lifetime, a memorial bust was created. It is one of only two likenesses of Shakespeare that were approved by someone who knew him. 
and Anne apparently thought this was a pretty good likeness. She's buried here as well, as are other family members. According to church records, five members of the family are buried in front of the steps to the high altar in this order. Anne Hathaway Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, Thomas Nash, the first husband of granddaughter Elizabeth Hall, John Hall, husband of Susanna Shakespeare, and Susanna Shakespeare Hall. Shakespeare's parents, along with his twins Judith and Hamnet, are buried in the churchyard. The exact location of their graves is not known. When you leave the church, it's a short walk to Hall's Croft, the home of Shakespeare's daughter Susanna and her husband, physician John Hall. It's managed by the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust, a marvelous organization that takes care of sites all around Stratford that tell the story of Shakespeare and his work. The Birthplace Trust looks after Shakespeare's birthplace and childhood home, Anne Hathaway's cottage, Shakespeare's new place, Mary Arden's farm, and Hall's Croft. Through these five Shakespeare homes and their collections, as well as learning programs and digital offerings, the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust shares Shakespeare with the world. Currently, the pandemic has forced these properties to close to visitors. I'll put the link to the website at the top of the show notes so you can learn more about the wonderful organization and ways you can enjoy and support their work. Actually, it's pretty easy to remember. Shakespeare.org.uk Hall's Cross is found at the corner between Church Street and Old Town. The oldest part of the existing house was built in 1613, meaning Susanna and John would have been moving into a newly built home. The northwest side would have been smaller than it is today, and the gardens would have been much bigger, with room not only for vegetables and herbs, but also pigs, goats, and a cow. The Halls lived there about three years, and then moved into New Place after Shakespeare's death in 1616. The home was eventually sold to the Smith Smith family and then to numerous owners. The Birthplace Trust purchased the property in 1949 and restored it. It has been open to the public since 1951. From there, it's a short walk to Shakespeare's schoolroom and the Guildhall. As the son of a town leader, William Shakespeare certainly would have attended the King Edward VI School in Stratford. The schoolroom is set up as it would have been in his time as a schoolboy, around 1571 to 1578. You can see the classroom where he studied and take part in a live tutor lesson from a tutor schoolmaster. I even tried my hand at learning to write my name correctly with a quill and ink. Let's just say I could use some additional lessons. The King Edward School moved into the Guild Hall in the 1560s. The Guild Hall was built between 1418 and 1420 and was the headquarters for the Guild of the Holy Cross. It offers amazing example of timber-framed architecture and rare historic wall paintings. Today, pupils of the King Edward School, or KES as it's more commonly known, study in the Guild Hall every day. From there, you can head to New Place, another property of the Birthplace Trust. Shakespeare bought New Place as his family home in 1597. He lived there after his retirement from life as a London playwright around 1611, spending more and more time in Stratford. He died in New Place in 1616. The structure was demolished in 1759, reportedly because the new owner was tired of Shakespeare lovers looking in his windows. A garden was planted to mark the importance of the site. The contemporary landscape reveals the footprint of the family home that Shakespeare, Anne, and his children experienced. At this point, you are near the footpath that leads to Anne Hathaway's cottage. It's a mile walk, and I highly recommend it. If someone as directionally challenged as I am can find her way, 
Anybody can. You'll wander through the countryside, perhaps encountering locals who can make sure you're headed in the right direction. The cottage is a 12-room farmhouse where Anne lived with her family as a child. The earliest part of the house was built prior to the 15th century. It was expanded after Anne's lifetime. Eventually, the cottage passed through the Hathaway family until 1846 when they sold it. In 1892, the Birthplace Trust bought the property, removed the later additions, and repaired the fire damage. There are some items in the cottage that take you right back in time. The Hathaway bed was made between 1580 and 1650. Since pieces of wood were reused in different parts, some of the bed dates from different times. The courting settee is a bench thought to be the spot where William would have sat with Anne when he visited. At least that's the story the Hathaway family told. Sadly, the piece is actually dated to 1750 to 1800, making it impossible for Will and Anne to have used it in the 1580s. But you can imagine Will and Anne sitting on a similar bench. The tester bed is dated to the late 1500s, so it is likely associated with Anne's family. In fact, it would certainly have been known to Anne when she lived there. As was common at the time, the mattress was supported by ropes, which had to be tightened every night for a solid support and a comfortable good night's sleep. That's where we get the expression, sleep tight. The cottage is surrounded by nine acres of woodland, orchard, and gardens. You can take a woodland walk, visit a Shakespeare Arboretum, and relax in a willow cabin while you listen to Shakespeare's sonnets. I found the cottage to have some of the most beautiful gardens in Stratford, or anywhere. Now you walk back to Stratford through the town square and head for Henley Street and Shakespeare's birthplace. This is a true highlight of your day, as you'll be able to get up close and personal with William Shakespeare and his family. John Shakespeare lived and worked in this house for 50 years. He married Mary Arden, and they had eight children there. In 1568, John became mayor of Stratford, a status that enabled his son to attend Edward VI school and also brought troops of traveling players to his home so he could approve their performances before they played in the town square. It's easy to imagine young Will meeting actors and learning about playmaking while living there. In addition to living in this house, the largest on Henley Street, while he was growing up, William and Anne moved into the house after their marriage in 1582. They lived together there for the first five years of their marriage, which included the birth of their daughter Susanna in 1583 and the birth of twins Judith and Hamnet in 1585. William and his three children were all baptized in the Holy Trinity Church. We don't know exactly what happened to William after the twins were born. There's no definite record of him until he appears in London in 1592. Anne may have stayed with her children in the house on Henley Street until William became successful enough to purchase new place for his family in 1597. When John Shakespeare died, William inherited the house and property. He leased part of it, and it became an inn until 1847. Shakespeare left the house to his daughter, Susanna, who left it to her only child, Elizabeth. After her death, the house was inherited by one of Shakespeare's sisters, Joan Hart. It was owned by the Hart family until it was purchased by Shakespeare's birthplace birthplace trust in 1847. Since then, the trust has renovated and restored the house to its 16th century self. You can walk through the house seeing where Shakespeare was born and grew up. Being there, it's easy to imagine young Will listening in while the traveling players audition their work for John Shakespeare as mayor of Stratford. 
Outside, there are gardens in the back for exploring, and wandering players will perform scenes from Shakespeare's plays if you ask them. The adjoining Shakespeare Center houses the headquarters of the Birthplace Trust and keeps track of the library, documents, and collections. The Birthplace offers the opportunity to walk in Shakespeare's footsteps, get close to rare objects from his lifetime, and explore the ways Shakespeare continues to shape our lives today. Along your day, there are various places to grab breakfast, lunch, tea, dinner, and various snacks. I have to say, I enjoyed one of the most delicious afternoon teas of my life at Huffkins on Bridge Street. There are also various shops to explore. The Birthplace Trust and the RFC have marvelous collections, so you can take all kinds of reminders home with you. And then it's back up the hill to the railway station and the train to London, a marvelous day in a marvelous place. We're taking an imaginary trip right now, but when we're all able to travel again, please join me to go for a real stroll through Stratford with Shakespeare. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share with a friend. Do send any questions or comments. I'd love to hear from you where we should explore next. And please subscribe and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. I'm so glad we could explore history together. Till next time. Thank you.